Welcome to the Renaissance Church Podcast. Our mission is to glorify God and to make disciples by bringing the gospel into all of life in all the earth. This is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church here in Richmond, Texas. And if you've not joined us in a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we would love to have you join us. You can find out more information at rin-church.org. And I pray that you are encouraged and edified by the proclamation of God's word today. So this morning we're starting a new emphasis. I'm not even gonna call it a series because I just kind of feel like we need to write on this for a bit, okay? It's a new emphasis and it's called Building with Jesus. And it was, uh, so we measure years in school years, not in calendar years, if that makes sense. And as we came into this school year, um, it was, I was here on a Sunday morning and I just had this impression uh, where I just felt like, you know, this is a building year. Like God is building something in us. And I'm not talking about going out and building a building, but if the Lord provided that, we would not be upset, right? And if, if you don't think a church should have a building, you can serve on Sunday mornings every week at 8 a.m. with me, and, and you're going to have a great time, and soon you will see the value of churches having buildings, okay? You, you, you'll come around, I promise. But I'm not talking about that. The Lord hasn't opened up that for, for us yet. He will, but he hasn't yet. But what's more important is what God is building in us in his kingdom, that God's building something among us as his church. He wants to build something in your life. And that's what I want to begin talking about this morning. We're going to be in Psalm 127, if you want to turn there with me. So I've told you before about my background in music. I was a worship leader. I was a musician. I studied uh, sound recording technology, which is basically how to, how to record bands, how to make music, how to produce, all those kinds of things. And so that was my background in college. And then the Lord just miraculously opened up this opportunity for me to own and operate my own recording studio straight out of college. And so I just started working with bands and bands would come from all over the US and they would stay with me and we would, you know, record till two in the morning. And, you know, it was the life that you think of, right? It was just fun. I was following Jesus. There was no kind of craziness going on, right? But um, I, I would, I, I would, work incessantly on these projects. I mean, hours upon hours upon hours. I had the biggest, baddest Mac Pro tower that you could buy. It was a very expensive computer. And I would push it to its limits. And every now and then, I would just push it a little too far. Like, I would just add one more thing, and then I would get the spinning wheel of death. Have you ever had the spinning wheel of death before, right? You're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And I would think, you know, okay, it's going to be all right, Chris. Like, we're just going to wait for about five minutes, and it'll stop, and then it'll go back. But then five minutes later, it's still spinning, and you're like, oh no. Like, the only, the only thing I can do is pull the power and reboot this thing. And then I would have that sinking feeling. I forgot to save my work. Hours upon hours upon hours lost. And I just want to begin with a question. Have you ever poured yourself into something only to have it come to nothing? Ever poured yourself into something only to have it come 
to nothing. It's like putting together one of those big, like, thousand-piece puzzles, and at the end, you realize that somebody lost a piece, and you have that unsatisfying feeling of, like, we have an incomplete puzzle, right? Or, or, or maybe it's the, it's the regular little things, right? You cook a meal, and then you clean up after the meal, and then it's like, it's almost time to cook again, right? And you're like, we're on the hamster wheel. Like, what is going on? Or you clean the house, and then you turn around, and it's like, it's dirty again. Like, what just happened? Or, or the laundry. You, you do all the laundry in the house, and then all of a sudden, there's more laundry in the pile, and you're like, what is going on? It's like, we're pouring myself into this thing, and it's just like, for nothing, right? Mowing the grass. <laughs> it looks great for a minute. And then in Houston... It rains all the time, and the grass grows, and you're grateful for green grass, but then you got to mow it again, and it's just like the hamster wheel. And in life, we have this feeling where we pour ourselves into things, and it just feels like it comes to nothing. Uh, the, the word that we use for this is the word futility. It's futile, futility. It, it, here's what it means. Pointlessness or uselessness. That's what it means. Pointlessness or uselessness. A synonym would be ineffectiveness, fruitlessness, hopelessness. That, that's interesting. Hopeless. Have you ever felt hopeless? Hopelessness. Or the word that the Bible uses is this word, vanity. Vanity. It's in vain. You pour yourself into something only to have it come to nothing. There's a whole book of the Bible dedicated to this theme. If you just want to be depressed, okay, and just wallow around in it, open to this book called Ecclesiastes and just read the words of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived besides Jesus. And here's what he said. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Absolute futility. Everything is futile. Meaning, we chase after the wind. We're, we're working so hard to get some things, and all of a sudden, the thing that we work so hard for just evaporates in our hands. It comes to nothing. I, uh, I work from home most days in my home office, and I have a golden doodle named Scout. And she's a girl, Girl Scout. And Scout is hilarious and kind of annoying, but she's mostly hilarious. And Scout will, she'll lay like next to me on like on the, the ground next to my desk, or she will lounge on like a beanbag that my kids have, right? Or she'll stare out the window or she'll sleep. She'll nap all day. And here's the thing. Scout accomplishes nothing and it doesn't bother her at all. And I envy that. I totally envy that because God made human beings differently. He puts something different in us. We desire to accomplish something. There's, there's a, a thing in us that wants to do you know, something that actually improves things. Like the, the idea of futility is absolutely frustrating to us. It frustrates us. And there's something in us that God has placed in us that we just don't want to waste our lives. We don't want to waste our days. We don't want to waste our time. We don't want to waste our energy. We don't want to waste our money. 
We, we don't like futility. It frustrates us. And there's something that God has done in us to make us that way. In fact, you being here this morning is proof of that. Right? You're here today because you want to grow in your faith. You want to grow spiritually. Like you don't want to lose ground. You want to do something that helps you grow. And that's why you're here. And, and you're not here to, to waste time. Right? You're, you're here for a reason. There's purpose to you being here today. I, I hope that maybe it crossed your mind that maybe God wanted to use you today. That just you being here would, would bring encouragement to somebody today or or that you would be used by God in some even small way today. That you, you probably want to impact the world or the, our community. Or maybe you want to impact your family and you're like, it's important for us to be here. There's purpose in this. Like, I, I want my kids to understand what it means to know Jesus. You're here for a purpose. All of us. And we feel the futility of life, but we don't want to submit to it right? And so today, what I want to begin this emphasis with is a message called Escaping Futility. Escaping Futility. And this psalm that I want us to look at, Psalm 127, is actually a song, a Hebrew song of Solomon, the same guy who wrote futility, futility, absolute futility, everything is futile. And here's what he writes in Psalm 127, verse 1. He says this, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. I like that. I want a plaque over my bed that says, yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves, right? On those sleepless nights, you'd be like, I'm claiming the promise, God. Sleep's coming. He gives sleep to the ones he's loved. he loves. And here we have Solomon writing this song, and he gives us these three examples of futility, and they kind of seem ominous at first, like, well, if the Lord's building a house, like, you know, it's, it's in vain, and, and watches the city, and, and stays up late working hard, right? It's like these, these examples that seem ominous at first glance, but as we dive into them, they're actually full of promise for us. In fact, the title in my Bible, yours might be the same, it says, the blessing of the Lord at the top. Meaning that Solomon's warning us of some things. He's trying to guide us so that we can experience the blessing of God in our lives. And I, and I believe that the Lord actually wants to bless his children, that he wants to bless you. If you, if you believe in Jesus, if, if you are rightly related to the Father, like he has already paid for all of the, the mess of your life and all the sins of your life and all the, the junk of your past, and that he actually wants to pour out blessing on you. And part of that blessing is really about escaping futility, about finding our way out of the vanity of our lives. This was the verse that, as we were beginning the church back in 2019, by the way, on the last Sunday of this month, it's, it's the 
28th, I think, is the last Sunday of this month. We're having our five-year birthday party here. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Five years to celebrate. But in 2019, on January 27th, the verse that was on my mind is this. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And my prayer was, God, would you build a house? Like, I will work. I will work hard. But God, if you're not working with me, I don't want it. I don't want to do it. Build the house. And so I just want to dive into these verses together. I just want us to consider what it means for us as we talk about building with Jesus. And here's the first thing. You need to understand that the Lord is a builder. The Lord is a builder. Because he tells us, unless the Lord builds a house, which means that not every house that's built is the Lord's building. You probably know that already. But it also means on the flip side that there are things that our God is building, that the Lord is a builder who is building things in the earth. Um, this Christmas, I was reflecting on the story of Jesus being born, right? And we, we focus so much on Mary, the Virgin Mary, and the, you know, her song that she sang, and all the beautiful things about Mary. And I think Joseph just gets a little bit of, like, notice, like, well, he didn't divorce her. Like, way to go, you know? But, you know, Joseph was a carpenter, I believe it's in Matthew 13 when Jesus goes back to the town of Nazareth and he's preaching to the people there in his hometown and they look at him and they say, isn't this the carpenter's son? And that word carpenter in, in the Greek is the word tekton and, and that word also just means builder. And so Jesus, of, of all the earthly fathers that God could have chosen to be the father of Jesus, the earthly father of Jesus, he chose a builder. And if you think about it, Jesus is the son of the creator builder who created everything, spoke it into being. We talked about it in the beginning was the word. Jesus was the word. And he was instrumental in the creation of the world. So Jesus was building in creation. And then he's born to a builder on the earth. And he says that when he returns again, he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth, meaning he's got more stuff to build. Like there's more coming. That the Lord is a builder. Um, I used to see this more often. That This was a... Uh, a bumper sticker, and it says, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. Have you ever seen that before? My boss is a Jewish carpenter. Have you ever had that bumper sticker on your car? Anybody ever had? No, I didn't think so. And, and the point of it was that Jesus would have probably learned the family business as he was growing up. You know, I was the, I'm the son of an architect, my, my mom was a blueprinter, and so I grew up in the construction industry. And so when I go out on a date with my wife, and we sit down at a restaurant, and she wants to talk, I'm looking at, like, the rafters. And I'm, like, looking at how they built that over there. It's like, oh, that's a neat idea, you know? And she's like, hello, let's talk. I'm like, oh, sorry, right? Because, like, this, this is how my mind works, because I was, I was raised in construction and building and thinking about Jesus as the builder. And Jesus would go on to say in his ministry, I will build my church. 
Lord's a builder. The second thing is this. You're a builder. Get the business cards ready. Put your name on it. Below it, put builder. That's what I am. I'm a builder. Now, I know that a lot of you probably don't have power tools that you pull out on the weekends, or, or maybe you would prefer to leave that to the professionals, right? But you are a builder. You're a builder. The passage says this, that the laborers labor. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And the thing is, Solomon knew a few things about building. Solomon, he spent seven years building the temple, not him out there, but he was leading the laborers that were laboring. He's working with the architects. He's, he's working on the, all the, you know, the, the finishes and the features to make sure that it was exactly as the Lord had commanded. Seven years building. And then he built a palace complex that took him 13 years. So that's, that's 20 years of building. And then on top of that, he, re, he rebuilt whole towns and villages. This guy was a builder. He knew about building. And here's what he says about us, is that we're laborers who labor. And the thing is, you and I are always building something with our lives. The Hebrew word for build, it's to build or rebuild. It's to establish or to repair. And you are establishing something. If you have a family, you're establishing it right now. If you have a household, you are, you are establishing it right now. There are things that you're doing, decisions you're making. All the stuff of your life is actually about building something. You're establishing something. The, the word labor, if you look back at the original meaning, it just means to toil or to strain. It's like you are working hard at something. You're, you're laboring at it. And all of us are laboring at something in our lives. Some of you, it's your work. Like may, maybe it's physically demanding work that you're doing, or it's mentally demanding work, or it's emotionally demanding work, or it's relationally demanding work, depending on what kind of work you do. It, it could be, you know, your, your family, that you're working so hard to take care of your family. You could be in the phase of life where you're having babies, and you've got little ones, and it's like, that's a lot of work. And you're laboring and it, sometimes it feels futile because you change the diaper and it's dirty again. You're like, what? We just changed that? I just changed your clothes. What? You, you pooped out of your diaper again? Right? I remember those days. It could be the financial toil and strain. Maybe, maybe they're, you're working hard to find, just to get some financial things together in your life. And it's, it, it's hard work for you. It, it could be uh, home ownership. You know, either you, you build one or you sort of rebuild it because you're having to fix stuff all the time. Or it's car ownership. You got to love that, right? You own a car and it's like, I love this. And then it breaks down. You're like, I hate this. And, you know, it's hard work. Maybe some of you are managing an estate for a loved one. But you're toiling and straining right now. Maybe you're getting an education Maybe you're you know, pursuing college or, or you're a student right now. And it's like, it takes toil. It takes strain. And we're all building something. And the question is not if you're building. The question is, what are you building? 
What are you building with your life? And here's the other question that follows that. Is it vanity? Is it vanity? If you're not convinced yet, consider the closing of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house. And it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. And so here we have Jesus in this most famous sermon probably that he's ever preached. And Jesus touches on literally everything, anger, murder, lust, adultery, divorce, making promises, justice, mercy, love, hypocrisy, money, possessions, prayer, worry, anxiety, casting judgment, salvation. I mean, that touches every part of your life. And then he doesn't say one person built their house and the other one sat on the couch. But he says that everybody was building. And in fact, if, if, you, if you ever had to build something like a house, it's hard work. And people were pouring themselves into something. And he says, there's two kinds of people on planet Earth. Here's what they are. The first one hears my words and acts on them. And the second one hears them and does not act on them. Those are the two kinds of people on the planet. And the one who pours out their energy and their toil and their labor and does not act on my words, they are building a house that's going to collapse. What are you building? Everyone is a builder. Which kind are you? It brings us to our last point. Don't waste your life building what the Lord isn't building. It's futility. It's vanity. Don't waste your life building what the Lord isn't building. The verse, in the the. The word in vain from verses one and two, it, it means futility, emptiness, vanity, or worthlessness. Worthlessness. And the point is clear that you could possibly give yourself to something that actually comes to nothing. It amounts to nothing. That we could spend our, our time and our energy and our money and our our lives. We could stress ourselves out for nothing. There's a couple examples of this in the, in the scripture. The, one of the most prominent examples is the Tower of Babel. And if you know the, tower, the story of the Tower of Babel, it's in Genesis chapter 11. And uh, this is after the flood of Noah. God completely wipes the earth clean, starts over again, says, we're going to rebuild this thing. We're going to remodel. It's time to remodel, okay? So he takes this family and they begin to have you know, babies and children and it, the population begins to grow. And as the population begins to grow, it says these people are starting to migrate into this one place and they had this good idea. And it was this, let's build a city and a tower and let's make a name for ourselves. And people will see it from miles around. The tower will touch the sky and they'll be like, wow, like let's all just stay here together. 
And it was a good idea, but it was not a God idea because God had told Noah, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to have lots of babies and I want you to spread out over the whole earth. And it says in in Genesis chapter 11 that the Lord came down to see what the humans were building. What, What were they pouring themselves into? I mean, think about the enterprise. Think about what it took to build a city in a tower that reaches the sky, that they're making bricks. So it's not like just one guy making a brick. It's like, no, we, we gotta have like a whole brick business. And so we're gonna, we're gonna make a, a brick empire. And so we've got all these bricks, we've got all these people, we've got an HR department that's gonna make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, right? We, and that's just the brick. Like we, we've gotta get somebody working on the mortar. So we have a whole mortar company now. And I'm thinking about like scaffolding and somebody's thinking of like, how do we make scaffolding that will reach to the sky? Oh gosh. And then, you know, how many workers died with falling bricks before OSHA came along, right? You know, like people lost their lives building a city and a tower and God comes down and he's like, "Mm -mm. mm-mm, 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 no. And he confused the language. And from there, he scattered them over the face of the earth. And here's what the Bible says. They stopped building. Okay. Meaning, they poured themselves into something. And God's like, no. It's vanity. It's futility. In July of 23, so just about six months ago, there were a dozen luxury homes in the Los Angeles County, it's the Rolling Hills Estates. And they were situated on sort of the the edge of a ravine. And these houses were not brand new houses. They'd been there for decades. They were worth millions of dollars. And in the middle of the night, residents started to hear popping and creaking. And it would continue all day long, popping and creaking. It's like, it's weird. Our house is making weird sounds. And then somebody came out to investigate a, a, a water leak, like a, you know, you know, a water pipe that was disconnected somehow. And then they realized that this whole like hillside is falling. And so I think I have a picture of this. Here's what happened. They were evacuated on a Friday. They were given 20 minutes to get their stuff out of their house. So imagine if you have valuables, if you have pictures, if you have things that you've inherited from your family members, if you had 20 minutes just to grab whatever you could grab and get out the door, that's all they had. And then that was on a Friday. And by Monday, their house had fallen in like that. Can you see where the, the driveway used to be? and how it just sank. And here's what the officials did, is they said, we just have to wait till they fall into the ravine. And I was thinking about how much time, energy, money was poured into these houses. Like most of us, like our house is our biggest asset. Like it's kind of the nest egg. It's the thing that you kind of think, if we put our money into this and it'll, you know, over time it'll be worth more and it'll be a good investment for us. And so they're probably looking at a loss of wealth that we can't even fathom. Million dollar homes falling into a ravine. And what Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount is basically this. You could pour yourself into that, a tile-roofed mansion, 
and it's gonna fall into the ravine. And here's the trickiest part. This is the trickiest part. That with our earthly eyes, with our worldly minds, we see a tiled roof mansion and we're like, wow, nice, way to go. Awesome, you worked hard for that. And what Jesus sees is rubble in a ravine. It won't last. Why would you build something? Why would you toil your whole life? Why would you strain? Why would you spend hours and days and decades and energy and money building something that would fall into a ravine. The Lord's a builder. You're a builder. Don't waste your life building what the Lord isn't building. My uh, son, my youngest son, Finn, he um, all break long was talking about this assignment that he had to do over the break. Now, if you remember being a kid, like having homework on a break is like death, right? It's like you're just heartbroken. Like why would a teacher ever give me homework over the Christmas break, right? And so the whole time he's just like, every night he's like, ah, I gotta do that assignment. I, I don't wanna do that assignment. I don't I even know how I'm gonna do that assignment. I don't even know if I have all the stuff I need. And he'd get all worked up and we're like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll work on it. Don't worry about it. And, and finally, on the last day of the break, parents, you know, he's, you know, ripping apart his closet. Like, where's my textbook, you know? And we're helping him find the stuff. And we're like, well, and finally, I just said, you know, are you sure? I mean, are you positive that you have an assignment due over the break? Like, is it possible that maybe you weren't completely paying attention in class and you didn't hear it right and that you don't actually have an assignment due? Would you like me to email your teacher? And I saw this look on his face like, we could email the teacher. (laughs) It never crossed his mind. We could find out for sure is this due or not? So I did. I sent an email, and guess what? There was no assignment due. And I told him, and he smiled real big, and he was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm so glad. Like, freedom, last day. We're going to just, we're just going to veg out and watch TV. It's going to be so awesome. And uh, I was thinking about that. As an earthly father, I don't want to see my kid toiling over something that isn't even due. Like it's not, it's actually not even real work that he's supposed to be doing. How much more do you think our heavenly father looks at you and me and he sees us toiling over things and he's like, why are you doing that? What if we could hear, what if we could find out for sure what the Lord wants us to build? And what if when we found out what it was that he wanted us to build and what he didn't need us to build, we were relieved? 
So I think this calls us to a couple of things. I think it calls us to consider what the Lord is building. That's what we're going to do over this series. We're, we're, we're going to take passage after passage after passage, and we're just going to see, like, what does he say that we need to be doing? Like, what are the things that we need to be giving ourselves to? Like, what is the work that we actually need to be working on? And what is the stuff that we don't need to be doing? And I think that what's going to happen is that God's going to, God's going to give us some, some freshness of purpose in our life. And what's going to happen is that you and I, we're going to be relieved. We're going to be really, really relieved. And what's even better than that is that we're going to escape the futility of building things that God isn't building. You see, Jesus died for us, friends. He died for us to forgive us of all the stuff that we've done. And we've, I've done a lot. You've, you've done a lot. I just know prophetically all of your sins. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Jesus died literally to pay for all of them. Every single one of them. And it says that as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. And when Jesus was on that cross, he was literally straining under the weight of our sins. So that you and I could hear the promise of this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. He took our toil for us. And he, in his resurrection, he showed us that our, uh, our, our trajectory in life, the, the thing that we're building is not futile. Like it's, it's not going to come to nothing, but actually he's gonna return and it's going to come to not just something, but like the greatest thing ever. Like we actually have great hope in Jesus that you could pour yourself into things in life and it's going to produce fruit that will last. That's what Jesus said. And so the invitation of, of the gospel for us is to escape the futility of a life of nothingness. And Jesus wants us to join the family business. He wants us to consider what he's building. The second thing is this, then we're gonna join him. That's it. We're gonna find out what he's building and then we're gonna join him. What greater sense of purpose could we ever have than to give ourselves to the things that Jesus is building in the earth? If he builds the house, the laborers will labor not in vain. They will labor for a purpose. And so here's the one response that I believe this leads us to. And it's this. God, I give you permission to edit the blueprint I've been building from. That's what I'm asking for this morning. That as we step into a new season, as we step into a new year, as we step into this new emphasis together, if you and I would be willing to open up ourselves and say, God, I, you know, I've been building, I don't know how many years you've been building, but I've been building for, you know, about half my life already. And I'm giving you permission to rearrange some things, to edit the blueprint that I've been building from. Because we want to make sure that we're on the same page 
as Jesus. Amen? So I just want to lead us in that right now. If you just want to bow your head with me, I just want to give you some space to respond to the Lord. And, and maybe there's something that... that um, that is just stirring in you as we're talking about this sense of futility. Maybe you've been feeling that. Maybe you've even felt depressed, like that you feel like nothing you do matters. And I just want you to know from the word of God that there are things that you can give yourself to that absolutely matter. And they matter way more than you could ever, ever imagine. That your life is not wasted. Your life is not worthless. Your life actually can be given a fresh sense of purpose through Jesus. That you can give yourself to things that will actually do things in the world that will bring glory to God. That you can build things at last. And so if you've been feeling that depression, I just want you to, to breathe the fresh air of hope right now and encouragement of Jesus. And right now, I just want you in your heart to be honest. Do you give God permission to edit the blueprint? Will you hear his words and act on them? Or will you hear his words and not act on them. And if you're, if you're open to that, if you're ready for that, you can pray this prayer. God, I give you permission to edit the blueprint that I've been building from. God, I give you permission to edit the blueprint I've been building from. God, I give you permission to edit the blueprint I've been building from. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To support our work, you can like, share, subscribe, or you can donate at rin-church.org.